I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Chalupa, marvel at the wisdom of George W. Bush, I mean, the same reason anyone comes to America. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Hello. George, I'm having a call here. Don't you know where I am? I know where I am. I am where Burr shot Hamilton.
I'm in the Hawk. Beautiful Weehawk in New Jersey. Where we're getting all geared up for a uh, Memorial Day parade. And um, a big Memorial Day rededication ceremony right there on Boulevard East. With a beautiful view of Manhattan. Folks come from far and wide to stop at our little Hamilton Park. At the foot of the street I live on and have lived on for the past dozen years. Sometimes I take it for granted the incredible view we have of the greatest city in the world, New York City. Which is what I want to talk about tonight on this aerial view. My name is... Chris T. This is thehoundnyc.com, and I'm here live most every Friday. Last Friday, we did a little show about uh, Guttenberg Arts that was pre-recorded just because it was a bunch of interviews, but I'm here live. If you want to call the program, it's 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. That is a Palm Springs area code. My number is in Palm Springs. But I'm not. Although it was a a lovely day here today in the Hawk. And again, on uh, Monday, on Memorial Day, there's going to be a big ceremony down there on the JFK Boulevard East. Around here, we call it Boulevard East. There's so many John F. Kennedy boulevards and streets and roads and ways and places that, to differentiate, we, we say Boulevard East. But it's a good 100 feet above the Hudson River. No worries about climate change. You may have heard as a second day of, uh, second or third day of storms barreling through the heart of the country, leaving people in Missouri devastated, more flooding for Oklahoma. Uh, What, a couple of months ago, it was Nebraska. Where else? A thousand homes damaged by flooding in Oklahoma. Jefferson City. M.O. taking a direct hit. And then today, more storms from Texas to the Great Lakes. Now the river is rising in Jefferson City. Fierce winds, hail, rain. And the possibility of tornadoes again in the forecast. See, I want to talk about my empire state of mind when I'm thinking about New York today here on Aerial View. We got the roster, and the roster includes not just my empire state of mind, but the upside down update, of course. Got to get one of those in there. Uh, It's Fleet Week, so everyone needs to get an enema this week. Just remember, Fleet Week. Sorry, what? That's not what Fleet Week is about? Well, when were you going to tell me this? What? Semen? What are you talking about? Oh, oh. Sailors. Oh, okay. All right. Huh. I guess I'll be able to see them from uh, the Memorial Day ceremonies taking place on Monday over here. The number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. But the roster... That's what's on the roster, the Upside Down Update, uh, Fleet Week, and what it means to be an American. American. Now, you're welcome to call on any of those topics that you like, but um, the Upside Down Update, if we're going to get it out of the way first, you know, these are the updates, the news to, that says to me we're living in the Upside Down. And I heard that Stranger Things is coming back season three. It'll be set in 1985. And uh, there's going to be a new Coke tie-in, and they're actually re-releasing some new Coke back into the... There's going to be like 500,000 bottles or something, or cans of new Coke out there, which was a marketing disaster. It's 
it's taught in uh, business school as like what not to do to your product, essentially. New Coke, but looking forward to the return of Stranger Things. That'll be good. I enjoy that show. Uh, also, really looking forward to the Deadwood movie next Friday. And uh, I'm going to try during the week to reach out to this person I know who is in the cast of Deadwood, who I've met many times and have talked to and interviewed on the air, and see if he won't join for a few minutes next Friday as we laud uh, one of the all-time incredible TV shows, Deadwood, which 10 years after it went off the air, HBO yanked it off unceremoniously. Um... It is back to wrap up loose ends. And there's been a lot of uh, writing out there about David Milch and uh, what he's going through with the onset of Alzheimer's. And it's all very poignant. All very poignant. We got an incoming phone call here. Hello. Hello. You're on Aerial View. Hey, I'm on the air. I'm on the air. Yes. Yeah, are you telling me or the people you're with? Who are you telling? I'm t- uh, there's nobody with me. I'm drinking alone because I got broken up with this week by a gal. So oh, I figured I'd call in while I'm drinking and listening to sad country music. So what happened? Yeah. Do, you, do you mind telling us? Went back to an old, yeah, I went back to an old boyfriend. Happens. You went back or she went back? She went, she went back. She went back to an old boyfriend. Okay. I got fired. I'm in the labor relations field, so when I heard this was happening, I thought I was going to get either promoted. When she told me she wanted to talk to me, I thought I'd get either promoted or fired. I got fired. Well... And she didn't even give me a termination letter. No pink slip? She, nothing? She was surpri- when I asked for that, she was a little surprised about that. She said, you want me to slip you what? What are you talking yeah. about? So what in are you listening... Relations, in the labor relations field, when someone wants to you know, call someone in the office, usually you're going to get either promoted or you're going to get fired. In this case, they got fired. Right. So I, And usually when you get fired, you get written notice. She didn't give me any written notice. I asked for that. She looked confused. And then I asked for my union representative to be here, because this was clearly a disciplinary action, and she looked more confused. Uh, and then I asked if I could resign rather than being fired, and boy, did she look confused then. She looked... And then she left. So she. So why do you want to date someone that looks so confused is my question. See? Oh, well, <laughs> there is that. Yeah, there, there is, is that. that. There is that. Well, <laughs> there is so, that. So, what are you listening to? What's the country music in the oh, background? Oh, right now? Yeah. Oh, oh, a gem. A gem. I'm, I'm glad you asked, actually. So, you know, look, everyone knows that Hank Williams Jr. is, you know, he is what he is. He's a jerk, right? He is, you know, but I, had, I went through a phase when I was much younger. So, there was a record that I found at a thrift store. He covered all the Luke the Drifter songs that his father did. You know, and this was a gimmick, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm telling you, my friend, he did these songs really well. Okay. I played this record to death. Wow. You know, I mean, he, this right. was really, I mean, he was really young when he cut these, you know. But these songs... Wait, had he, fallen down, um, had he fallen down a mountain and scraped his face off yet? No, 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 he was very, he was well before. This was all well before. You're kidding this, me. This is, when he was ca- this is when he was cashing in, right? All right. But as far as cashing in goes, no, that's this his, is a really that's, good record. Wait, that's the name of his Johnny Cash covers album, isn't it? Cashing in? Didn't he do that one too? <laughs> I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I you're right I about don't doubt, that. Yeah, I met I him. Right I, I, I've met him several times. Hank Williams Jr. Bo Cephas, so as they call him. So what's he like? He, he has sort of a weird reputation. He's like a, a combination country singer and mafia boss these days. Well, he's he's kind of intimidating because he's a big fella, right? He's a big. He's like, he's a, bi- he's, he's, he's like, like a big guy. He's you know, and he's got that big beard to cover up the horrible scars on his face from when he yes, slid down yes. a mountain and he tore his face off. And, um, you know, he's usually got a cigar clamped in his teeth or in his hand, oh, like really? a stogie, because okay. he's been smoking a cigar. And, and you know, you're very conscious when you meet him that this guy is the, you know, only male, right, heir of, of the only son of Hank Williams, right? And so that's that's very weird. Now, Hank Williams, uh, you know, he, he has a sister, Jet Williams, right, that for many years... They couldn't agree whether or not she was actually the sister, and you know, finally they they went into business a few years ago, and they put out the, the those uh, radio shows that that oh, yeah, staff okay. photographer mm-hmm. WSM yeah, found, found in the garbage. Yeah. So so anyway, like I, when I met him, he was like very friendly, very outgoing, funny, and if you didn't get in the topic of politics at all. You know, you would have a, you would have a you would have a wonderful time talking to him, but God forbid, you know, like I I mean, you know, he's it's 
I'm so saddened when I see you know people like him and Charlie Daniels Charlie and, and Daniels, you know right. a few of these other guys. They they turn out to be exactly what you hoped they weren't all along, which is these you know the, the completely clueless people who have fallen for the the bullshit that so many other people have fallen for. Hey, which did is you, funny because you have people like Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard were not like that. Well, those guys, you know, I, I, I don't know. Is it the pot that makes a difference? Because both Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, <laughs> you know. I'm not sure if Merle was a pot smoker. Oh, he was yeah, a massive maybe. pot smoker. Oh, my God. Merle Haggard? Oh, my God. Did he smoke <laughs> Did a he lot smoke of pot? pot no, I never smoked pot with Merle Haggard. No. No, they're well, close. You, well, his was funny. You think his, you think Kirk Williams Jr.'s son, Hank III, would have some influence on him. You, no, but Hank the Third and Hank Jr. didn't get along for many years, right? They didn't talk oh, for many right. years. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You remember Bo Cephas had to practically bribe Tricephas to come back into the fold. He gave him a car and he gave him a truck and he, you know, g- apparently gave him a bunch of stuff. Uh, because, you know, Tricephas's politics are the complete 180 opposite of of his father's. But, but you know, look, I... Listen, I don't know what the difference was between them, but, you know, this is getting really bad because I don't know if you saw the news today, but now our president is retweeting doctored videos of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. She, apparently, the doctor, they make her sound like she's drunk. So let's make fun of the, what is she, 80? Let's make fun of the 80-year-old woman. Yeah. Well, you know. Come on, what do you want me to say? It's just terrible. I know. What do you, I mean, it's awful. It's but, awful, but, awful, awful. But, I'm, you know, I'm doing the upside-down update, and this, to me, is really the emblematic story about how upside-down things are because now our president is like just, you know, he's retweeting obviously faked videos to basically go after political opponents. So it's all right, all right, all right. the guy. Me, Chris, we've had this conversation. I understand. The oh, guy on, that I, started I, the whole fake news thing is spreading fake news. But it's not. I, he's, okay, it's bad. But what's more disturbing, what's more disturbing is it doesn't affect anything. He's still around 40%. He can go out, I mean, I think he's right. He can go out and literally kill somebody and rape a baby and he'd be at 40%. And I have no idea why. And that's why America is clearly fucked up now. Well, it clearly is. It's lost its goddamn mind is what happened. It really has lost its goddamn mind. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't, um, I, you know me, I try not to give myself over to cynicism and, and pessimism and despair. Uh, and, you know, if that was a law firm, you probably wouldn't go there, would you? <laughs> well, you know, goths might. Yeah, they might, come to think of it. But but it's it's really difficult when you look at the news and you look at... You know, what's happening with climate change and the species that we're killing and the, you know, it just all seems very end-timey. It's got this end-timey aftertaste. I'm very happy to be 57 years old. Um, yeah, because... More children. <laughs> listen, by the time you and I go, I, I have this theory that the shit's just totally going to hit the fan. You know what I mean? And that, And I don't think this is wishful thinking. I don't think it's ego or hubris i don't think i'm like yeah well when i'm ready to check out it'll all be over i do think that's what's gonna i think it's gonna be pretty crappy with the the way this world is gonna be fighting over water and growing food to feed people and the fact that we can't seem to stop uh reproducing on this massive scale you know the number of people on this planet come on you have to admit sir that there's going to be a pandemic at some point, right? And, a, a, you know, a third of humanity is going to get wiped out. I mean, I I just, uh, I don't know. Let's keep underfunding the CDC and see what happens. Maybe um, property values um, will go down. Who knows? Yes? Two weeks ago, I saw the blasters, and they were really good. You know, that's what we have to live for nowadays. We have to live for the little enjoyments that we still get out of life. You know what I'm saying? Like last Saturday, I had to go into Manhattan because I was going to talk about New York today. And I drove in for the first time in I don't know how long. Like usually I'll I'll take the ferry um, and then I'll get in a taxi and I'll go where I need to go. But we want to go over to this Coney Island party down at Coney Island Baby. Oh, yeah, the party. Uh, Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's a significant drive for you, actually. Well, yeah. Well, because we were all dressed fancy, we didn't really want to ride on the ferry. And I'm like, let's just take the chance of driving in. 
And lo and behold, we found a parking space like a block north of where we were going. And it was like, like fantastic. It couldn't have worked out better because they had closed down Avenue A to do some kind of parade. And we still were able to park. But coming home was just, you know, oh, my God, did it suck. It what sucked so we bad. We, we left there at like 4.30, 5 o'clock, and we just got stuck in this horrible traffic in Manhattan trying to get Ooh. the hell out of Manhattan. And that's, that's when I really be- began to regret, you know, the whole idea of driving in. But I, I got to say, like, you know, as somebody who's been going into the city since he was a youngster, right? You and I, uh, sir, grew up about 45 miles east of, of uh, Manhattan. Yep, 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 yep. And, and we were always on the Long Island Railroad, and I was going in with my, my parents to see goddamn ice capades and other crappy family entertainments. And, you know, then when I was 12, like 13, I would go in. Remember when you and I and Adam March went into Times Square? <laughs> And uh, well, we were, I, it's, a, it's a memory that's, that's burned in my mind. We were like 17 or 18. And I wanted to go buy fake ID, and I, I, I think you wanted to buy fake ID, too, because we were going to... No, what was, what was funny is that we saw the movie, we saw Apocalypse Now, we saw The Clash, and we were all concerned with this fake ID, and then we went, it was pouring down rain the entire day, if I remember. So I we went to this bar, and it was like... IDs weren't even an issue, which was hysterical to me. Yeah. Well, the, I still remember, though, that Adam got, uh, like, he tried to buy pot in Times Square, and somebody punched him in the face and took his money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that and, was, yeah well, Adam, you know, that yeah. was just not a good move. Well, yeah. And and didn't he get a... <laughs> even like, me at 18 knowing that, knew that was not a good move. Uh, we weren't 18 yet. If that was 1979, I was, like, 17. I was 16, yeah, 17. We were, yeah. Well, Adam. Well, where is he nowadays? That's what I like. <laughs> That's what I would like. The undertones open for the clash. That's the one, and I hope you tell your listeners that that on the cover of the London Calling album. That's the show. We yeah, were yeah, there. Yeah. We were, we at were that there. Show. And I and we were there. Do you remember also that um, the to act in between the undertones and the Set clash? With Sam and Dave, right. And do you remember people behind us yelling, "Get the <laughs> n words off the stage"? I do. I do very much. And do you remember Joe Strummer coming out and scolding the audience and saying these are our invited guests and they're going to finish their set? And, you know, I spoke to, I think it was Sam years later of Sam and Dave. I interviewed him. And, you know, in the break, I asked him about that because I didn't want to ask him on the air. I didn't want to say, hey, do you remember that time you opened for the Clash and... There Very was like these, view, yes. these racists in the audience who were yelling at you to get off the stage, and he was like, he shook his head. And he's like, man, I don't know how we ended up on that thing. I don't know how that happened. But they had a manager at the time who thought it was like a good idea. Well, and I'm the, sure the Clash pushed the for it. Clash, I mean, really, if you think back, it wasn't a bad bill. It made perfect sense. Oh, it was an incredible but, bill. When do you ever see the undertones and Sam and Dave and the Clash on the same goddamn bill? I mean, and you remember when Fiergal Sharky. The first thing Fear Girl Sharky did was he whistled into the microphone, like, really ah, loud. That's right. and, oh, man, I forgot about that. And I remember, th- like, he did one of those whistles that I've always wanted to do, and I can't, where he's like, I can't even whistle right now. I can't even try to replicate. But, you know, uh, I was I turned to Jeff, and I was like, who the hell are these guys? Who the hell is, who the hell <laughs> well, is this? Well, you also said they had two guitarists, and you were like, why do they have two guitarists playing the same chords? Well, <laughs> it worked, didn't it? Hey, is that her calling you now? Is she calling I, I you got, Yeah, I got I to gotta take this call, man. I'll call you later. Is I'll it the girl? Later. Is it the one you were telling me about earlier? No, no, no. It's somebody no? else. It's somebody oh, else. Oh, my God. All right. Well, do you take that call. I'll talk, I'll talk to you later. All right. There goes our first caller on Aerial View. Hey, that chip chewed up a good chunk of time, huh? Wow. Only got to do 35 more minutes of this year's show. Hey, if you want to be like him and call 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. I'd love to talk to you, and I don't care if we are friends. Friends can call the show. Why not? Where was I? Oh, yeah, the upside-down update. Oh, dear God. I should just stop reading. I, I may have to end up like my mother, who just at one point stopped reading the news, stopped looking at the news. Stop paying attention. I I just, I can't bring myself to do that. I I feel like I got to know, for whatever reason, I got to know what's going on. Why is it so important to know what the hell's going on? Sometimes you know what's going on. You're like, oh my God, is that what's going on? What? Oh my God, is that what's going on? 
Maybe it's best I don't know. I don't want to know about this shit. I really don't. So I get worried. I am a born worrier. And, you know, I we can all investigate the reasons why. I have investigated the reasons why. I think I know why. It comes from, from growing up with a complete a lack of a sense of security. Like always feeling like the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. Just like that. The rug was going to go one day. You'd end up on your ass. And even though it hasn't happened yet, even though I've managed to keep going, I've managed to stay upright, I've managed to roll with the punches, I've managed to thrive, I've managed to do a lot of things that I never thought I would have done. Coming from where I came from, coming from uh, the family that I came from, But like Henry Rollins said, you have to rise above. Rise above. And uh, it's hard, though, because in addition to all of the usual things that life throws at you, whatever it might be from, uh, you know, the effects of growing older, your, your health, your finances, your relationships... All the things in life that you have to deal with on a daily basis, all the different ways that you have to navigate this world and get through life and keep your bills paid and keep food on the table, shelter over your head and clothes on your back, all those things. Now we got all this other shit to think about on top of it. We got the demise of civilization as we know it. We have the demise of democracy. As we know it. We're living in the age of demise. And uh, that's how it feels to me. And I hope that somewhere out there... You know, I had somebody say to me once... Somebody who I really respect and admire... And somebody who I think was really, really smart... uh, who, Who said, hope is a disease. And I tried to parse what that meant. I tried to figure out what that meant how could that be i mean we keep we've heard keep hope alive we've heard for years and years about hoping and i i don't know i i don't think i ever clarified exactly what she meant by that and if i were to try to figure it out i mean the 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 nearest i would get is that when you're hoping for stuff you're not making the steps necessary to 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 get the outcome that you'd like whatever that might be hoping was like wishing wishing and hoping or maybe I'm wrong maybe it's it, they, there are differences between the two of them but I I started to see hope as like and not to say that it's hopeless I mean I not to go the opposite and say If hope is a disease, that means things are hopeless. I don't think things are hopeless. I think human ingenuity, being what it is, is, it's a remarkable thing. Look how far it's gotten us. On the brink of extinction, I guess. Oh, well. Yeesh. Oh, my God. You know, every time I go out in my car now, I'm like, oh, shit, should this be an electric car? Oh, shit. I got to get me one of them electric cars. Where do I get one? You know, years ago, I had this a bright idea, one of many that I have through the course of a day where I was like, I'm going to open up an electric car business. That's all it will do. No other kinds of cars. Don't come there looking for a diesel. Don't come there looking for, uh, looking for, uh, the, what the hell, hydrogen. No. Hydrogen fuel cell. No. Don't come there looking for... uh, What the hell else are they trying nowadays? Oh, yeah, natural gas, right? No. Certainly not your your plain old gasoline. Electric cars. That's it. Plug them in. Charge them up. Go. 
I would have been out of business inside of three months. Would have been like 90 days. Everybody would be like, electric cars. I can't drive the Schenectady in that thing. What are you talking about? What am I supposed to stop halfway to Schenectady? To charge that thing up? What am I supposed to put a solar panel on there? What am I supposed to do with this thing? Oy. I hadn't even thought of a name for it. Now I'm trying to think of what what the hell it would be called. Like what would be a good name for a business that just sold electric cars? Hey, maybe electric guitars too. You can call it cars and guitars. Cars and guitars. Hmm. And that way, if the car sales weren't really going away, you wanted, you could uh, sell some guitars. Oh, wait a minute. No one's playing guitar anymore either. Shit. All right. I'm going to go back to the drawing board while you call 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. Well, you know, uh, Sunday is, well, not Sunday, Monday is Memorial Day. Monday, let me start again. Monday is Memorial Day. And uh, I never, never made it into the military. I had to sign up for selective service at some point. I think you turn 18. Is that when they make you go? 18? Some crap like that. And uh, never got called up, as they say. Never had to go. And uh, I guess I should consider myself lucky because, look, I mean, Memorial Day is the day we remember those who went and didn't come back. Were never seen again. Who gave their lives in pursuit of, uh, what do they call them when they're calling them stuff? Our national interests. That's right. In pursuit of our national interests. And uh, there have been times when it was necessary to uh, go and defeat fascism and go and defeat uh, ideologies that were bent on world dominance and genocide. So, that was necessary. There's, I mean, how do you work your way around Nazis, for instance? You, you can't. You don't. But, I mean, I, there are a lot of folks who went and gave their lives for dubious reasons at best. And, you know, I used to have these conversations with people I know who were Vietnam vets. And it's a very touchy subject because there are Vietnam vets who, of course, feel that, well, if we had gotten more support, Back at home, if we had had uh, more resources, if we had had this, if we had had that, then we could have won. And it would have been different and people would have looked upon us differently and we would have felt differently about what happened. And I I don't see it that way. I see, uh, I see it as a losing proposition based on a faulty premise, namely the domino theory. The Achilles heel of, of Lyndon Baines Johnson was this idea that if Vietnam fell, then they were all going to fall. All these little countries were going to find themselves turning communist. And you couldn't have that. So we have to stop this from happening. I mean, not understanding the nature of the Viet Cong and what was going on and the fight for independence they had, they had been engaged in for decades prior to the Americans even showing up on the scene and, and what the French had gone through there and those who don't learn from history being doomed to repeat it and the idea that what was it 58,000 people died in the Vietnam War and uh, you can't say to somebody it doesn't go over too well if you say to somebody who was over there 
Well, it was kind of pointless, wasn't it? I mean, didn't we find that out? They don't want to know. They don't want to hear that. And maybe there are some who who even believe it intellectually. They understand it, that that's the case. But they, they would never say it. They couldn't say it out loud. Because what does that say about what they went through and, and people they know who, again, didn't come back, who were going to remember on Monday? The war dead. And uh, there are still people dying in the military. There are still people dying, getting blown up and otherwise crashing in helicopters and crashing in planes and sinking in boats and God knows what. You think of all these young people. Used to be young men. Now it's young men and women who go. They uh, go and don't come back. They don't make it to the age of 25. And you think of uh, the military budget of this country, and you think of that it's it's become this massive, this massive boondoggle of of just throwing money and more money and more money at this idea of security, of making this country secure, of of making it secure enough to fend off any attacks. Any invasions of, of being able to conduct three or four wars simultaneously. Large enough military to be everywhere. And you think about how, you know, there's a there's a building in Russia somewhere where these goons, you know, two dozen goons sitting in front of computers all day long are trying to figure out how to shut down the grid, how to topple the banking system here, how to throw elections, how to basically just fuck with us, how to cyber fuck us. And how much money is being thrown at that? That's what I want to know. What's being done about that? What's being done about the way the next war will be waged? Because there are smart people out there saying not much is being done about it, just like not much was done about this idea of uh, looking into exactly how the Russians use social media to uh, make idiots believe things. I guess it's not hard to make idiots believe stuff. I mean, if you're starting with idiots, you're probably going to get pretty far down that road of making them buy the shit that you're making up. And now who's the top idiot? Well, it's our president. The top idiot spreading manipulated videos on Twitter to uh, attack Nancy Pelosi. And then everybody defending it and everybody, oh my God, that's what sickens me the most. What sickens me the most about what's going on now with this piece of human garbage that somehow became president this crime syndicate that's running the country is all the enablers, all the all the assholes beneath him who just acquiesce and kowtow and bow and scrape and sell their souls for a mess of pottage. How much is a mess of pottage nowadays, by the way? 760-422-5528 760-I-CALL-A-V on for another 20 minutes. Only a nation of uneducated rednecks would be amused by such cowboy drivel. Huzzah. Huzzah, then. It's covered, you two-bit redneck peckerwood. You are a stupid son of a bitch. Liberals, I hate them so much. There's optimism, and then there's stupidity. It's a very fine line. I don't get you. I don't get your act at all, and I don't think you do either. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. I think you're stupid. Real stupid. I love America, but hate the government. 
Yeah, you bet your sweets, Mr. Commie. Your commie has no regard for human life. Not even his own. Oh, man. All right, so that, wait a minute, that's it? That's the upside down? Wow, that was a long upside down update. Well, we did have a phone call in there as well, and there's still time if you want to call the program. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. A lot of you hopefully have a three-day weekend. Good for you. I hope you're getting out of town. Some of you who were able to uh, get the hell out of town, go away, and then try to unwind. Try to relax the Kate for a little bit. Try to try to leave it all behind. It's not going to be easy. Maybe put your phone in a drawer. But hey. And uh, I was going to conclude with what it means to be an American. American. I, I get very confused. I sometimes feel like a terrible American. I feel like um, just a bad one. Just a bad American. I, I, I have a confession to make, and I, uh, I don't want you to think less of me when I tell you this. And you might, and I'm going to take that risk, because, you know, I, I, someone said to me recently, I might be guilty of oversharing. I, I, I might be, this may be too much information. I mean, I put out this weekly newsletter. It's pretty personal. Uh, if you want to sign up for it, aerialviewer at me.com, aerialviewer at me.com. I got this Facebook page, facebook.com slash call aerial view. This is my personal page. I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty much an open book in a lot of ways. And it, it may come from being on the radio all these years, talking on the radio all these years. I know this isn't the radio. It's internet radio. So what? As I, as I said previously, we still use the word tape. There is no tape anymore. We say we're going to tape things the hell does that mean we don't tape stuff anymore there's no tape involved i digress and uh, so for many years especially when i was doing aerial view the only way to get through a, a show was to be revealing about personal things to share personal things to try to to tell a story to get other people to tell their stories now we're living in the age of storytelling of course there was the whole finale of Game of Thrones where it came down to like telling a good story apparently or who has the best story. I don't know. Stories are everywhere. Corporate America has discovered the power of stories. There's all these seminars about, you know, telling your story. There's a lot of storytelling going on on stage. There's the moth. There's all these other storytelling competitions around now. People getting up and telling their stories and telling a personal story. There's all these podcasts. When I was doing it in 1989, 30 years ago, there wasn't a lot of it going on. There were blogs. There were people, if I remember correctly, in 89, I think there were blogs. I could be wrong. But going on the air and using the intimacy of this medium, broadcasting and broadcasting whether that's by am or fm or satellite or citizens band or shortwave or the internet whatever it might be broadcasting meaning the few talking to the many if you will Uh, the only way i found that i could do it was to tell a story to talk about myself and uh, so i'm going to reveal something that i i it makes me nervous, frankly, to reveal it to you. And then after I reveal it, you might just say, what was that about? Well, that wasn't even a big deal. So what? It's a big deal to me, I guess. Uh, but I was in a Walmart today. There I said it. I, I still feel awful about it. I'll be honest. Um, and I was only there to return this item that I bought a week prior Uh, And the only reason I was there a week prior is I was having tires put on my car, new tires, because I think one of the things about being a good American is not crashing into other people or killing yourself on the road. And I had these fucking Maypop tires 
on my car. And um, I noticed they were all dry rotted. Because, you know, I really, I only bought, I only got the tires because I bought a, a set of rims for my car, right? And I only bought a set of rims because I had snow tires. Because I also believe in snow tires. I'm going to write these down someday. The things I believe. I believe in snow tires in the winter. So I buy these rims. They come with these tires. They're mismatched back and front sets, you know. And uh, I drive on them for a season. And then I put them back on the car a couple of weeks ago when the weather gets nice. And at one point I noticed there's all this dry rot, you know. There's this rubber dry rot. The tires have got this cracked appearance to them and... There's not a lot of tread left. I I notice if I drive in the rain, I don't feel that good about driving in the rain. I think, oh my God. So I took the the plunge. I bought a set of tires. So I plan to do some driving this summer. You know, long distances. Getting the hell out. And, uh, And I had to kill some time while they put the tires on. I mean, this tire shop took forever. I dropped the car off. Two o'clock. They said... Essentially, come back in three hours. It's going to take us three hours. It's almost an hour per wheel. So I said, okay. I, I took the bus down to Route 109 at Tunnelly Avenue. One of the least lovely roadways in all of America. I would put Route 109, a.k.a. Tunnelly Avenue in Fairview, up there among probably the ugliest roads in the United States. Just hideous, awful looking road and and the bus stop I took the bus down the hill on Fairview Avenue to 1 and 9 and then the bus stop at 1 and 9 for some reason there was a garbage truck convention in the parking lot right next to the bus stop so there were like five waste management trucks all reeking sitting there and the bus is like 10 minutes away to go down a little bit to uh to the Staples where I had to go buy some cartridges. And when I came out of the Staples, you know, so I took the bus, walked all the way the hell across this massive parking lot, walked past the Walmart, walked to the Staples, got these goddamn overpriced inkjet cartridges. That's how they get you. They practically give the printer away. And then they're like, yeah, you want to print anything with that goddamn printer? Guess what? Pay up, sucker. So I'm forking out $20 a piece for these cartridges that seem to last like you print out five pages, you need a new cartridge, right? But I get the cartridges, and I'm, I still have hours to kill. I'm like, okay, what am I going to I'm going to go sit in the Firestone waiting area? What? No. I'll tell you what, let me just wander through. The, I'll tell you what, let me wander through this Walmart here. I'll just wander through. So that's what I did. I wandered through the Walmart. I wandered lonely as a cloud through the Walmart. And it was like, I don't know, uh, what was this? uh, Wednesday I got this done? Tuesday? It was Tuesday or Wednesday. One of those days. It wasn't a week ago. It was this week. And as I'm wandering through the Walmart, I'm like, oh man, they sure have a lot of stuff. Gee, look at all the stuff they have at the Walmart. They got lots of stuff here. You can get anything you need here at the Walmart. And, you know, when I used to talk to truck drivers for a living, they would go on and on about the Wally World, as they called it. They liked Wally World because they could park in the parking lot, and they would, generally speaking, not get harassed. Usually the manager was okay with it because if they had to deliver in the morning... They needed a place to stay overnight. I mean, the one I went to in North Bergen, the Wally World, is a 24-hour store. It's open 24 hours a day. Massive grocery store in there. And, you know, while I'm in there, I I can't, you can't help but think, the Waltons, oh my God, the richest family in the world. The Waltons own this place. The Waltons hold more wealth than 43% of American families combined. Oh, my God. That's what's going through my mind as I'm I'm walking through the Walmart. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I walk at a decent pace, I can actually get some good exercise here. It's like seniors going to the mall, right? So I'm going through all the departments. They go through the uh, outdoor department with with the lawn furniture and the tiki torches and the 
barbecue grills and make my way over into the toys aisle after aisle of toys and the sporting goods and into the automotive department and I'm walking I'm walking I'm th- I'm just I'm trying to trying to get in my mind get my mind straight around just how much of this shit is from China and I'm thinking most of it it's got to be right it's got to be like an ungodly percentage of this crap is from China and most of it is future landfill. There isn't too much in here. But I have one thing in mind I want to get. I have one thing in mind. I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm a good American. And I want to take care of my car. And one of the ways I'm going to do that is I'm going to get one of those stupid windshield things. Those stupid accordion pleated. Fold them open. Shove them up against your you know front windshield. To keep the sun from baking the interior of your car. And that way, as a good American, I won't be using all this air conditioning to cool off the car. When I get in the car, I'm going to keep the interior down a few degrees. I'm going to finally use one of these stupid things. So I go and I, I find the aisle where there's not just one, not just two. There's easily like a half... There's easily like a dozen... Or more different types of sunshades. There are the kind that you twist open and they turn into two circles. And you shove them up against your windshield. There was one that had that shot from Star Wars of the Millennium Falcon with Chewie. And uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Warmwater and uh, Harrison Ford in it. And you shove it up against your windshield and it looks like your car is the Millennium Falcon. Right there's different NFL teams. You can get one that has like a looks like an aquarium fish swimming on it. And I go for like this is plain. Give me the plain, goddamn black, accordion pleated, whatever the hell this thing's called. Windshield saver. I, I interior. I, what are they? I don't even know what they call it. Wind wind shade. Windshield shade. Let me get the hell out of here. Right. Shove it under my arm. I'm walking around, and I decide because I'm I'm trying to view this now as a I'm killing time, and B I'm exercising. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling several lies to myself just to get through this Walmart. And all along, you know, things are occurring to me that maybe I should pick up while I'm here. This is the this is the seduction that goes on. You're walking through there, and you're thinking, I, I need a tablecloth, and uh. I want one I could use outside. I Something I could wipe off. Yeah. And you know, that wall clock in the office, that stopped working years ago. And maybe, uh, maybe I'll get a new one of those. Sure. So I, I stopped the first Walmart employee I see. And I say, hey, where can I find tablecloths? And the uh, response is, K? And I said, Table, tablecloths? Where can I find tablecloths? And the woman waves over a coworker of hers, and she points at me, and I repeat, where can I find tablecloths? And this person go- says, table? I said, no, like a cloth you put on a table, tablecloth, a tablecloth. And they both shrugged at me. And I said, okay, you know, since I'm walking around the store, fuck it, I'll keep walking around the store until I find goddamn tablecloth area it's got to be here somewhere and i'm walking i'm walking and meanwhile i'm looking for wall clocks and i i don't see anything except this massively oversized wall clock this wall clock that like i mean i almost want to buy this thing and give it to uh flavor flame because it was literally like it had to be I, I, i i it was as wide as i am it was pretty big. It was a big wall clock, is what I'm saying. And I thought that will that, that this is like one of those ones. If you have a barn, you hang it on the side of the barn so you could see it from your kitchen window. It had the temperature on it and the humidity. And I thought I just want to I just want a clock, you know, decent. Uh, fuck it. So finally, I find the tablecloth aisle, and I see these vinyl tablecloths, easy wipe clean. It says it right on the right on the package. With a flocked backing. $3.98. I grab a round one and a rectangular one, and I think, okay. Then I got my sunshade. 
and I go and I and I pay for everything and I get the hell out of there. And then I go to Five Guys and I get some lunch, and then I get in a lift and I go back to the Firestone, where I still have to wait. Just a little while, but you know, nothing like the feel of new tires. I drive home, new tires, and I pull out the sunshade, whatever the hell this thing's called, and I try to shove it up against the windshield inside my car, and the goddamn thing just will not fit. Like, no matter how I try, uh, maybe if I fold it in on this side and fold it in on that side, and I'm shoving it, and I'm, I'm trying to get it up against the windshield, and it's not going, and I'm like... Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, what size car is this thing made for? What in the hell? What size car are they putting this thing in? This has got to be for like an SUV. This this is not for this car. There's no way in hell. It's it's. I'm an American, and I want to cut down the uh, interior temperature of my car so I don't have to run the... The, the goddamn air conditioning and kill the planet when I get in my car. And now I can't even be a good a good American. Now what am I going to do? So, so lo and behold, I'm back at the Walmart today. I go back to the Walmart because I have to get this thing out of my trunk. And, uh, and the same thing happens again. I'm walking around. I'm thinking, you know, you know what I need? I need Band-Aids. Let me get some Band-Aids while I'm here. Oh, and yeah, we need, uh, oh, yeah, we need some napkins, and I need some toothpaste, and the next thing you know, I'm shopping at the goddamn Walmart. And that's, now I feel like an American, I guess. Now I feel like a good American. I went to the Walmart, and I shopped, and I unburdened myself to you, and it's, I, again, I don't want you to think less of me. Some of you probably couldn't think less of me. That's okay. I'm not to everybody's taste. I understand. I mean, what is, really? Pablum. That's what is. I've never even tasted Pablum, so I couldn't tell you if, if I liked it or, or not. But I know this, that we are out of road. And I want to thank you for joining me this past hour, and I want to say thanks to all of those service people who gave their lives for this country. And... uh I want to remind you that this show will replay on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and then it'll become a podcast wherever you get podcasts. Everywhere podcasts are gotten is where I try to be now. And uh, The Hound Howl this Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. crashing the party as well. And then good news, The Hound will be back live the following Sunday. So uh, that'll be, let's see, going to do the math on the fly. June 3rd, I believe what we're looking at is it june 3rd uh, june 2nd pardon me so uh please tell your friends about the hound myc.com tell them about aerial view and uh that phone number that i gave you earlier is active all the time so if you ever want to leave a message for this program 760-422-5528 760-i call av have a good memorial day weekend to me.
This is Jackie Mason reminding you to take your belongings. You don't have to take them, but if you want to, it's up to you. By the way, ask for a receipt. Take it, ask them, don't be ashamed.